reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book, the uh, 142nd division of the Psalms, Psalm 142. This morning I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. I love the way it says it in the Message Bible, Psalm uh, 142. We're going to begin reading with verse number 1, Psalm of David. David says, I cry out loudly to God. Glad I'm not the only loud person. I cry out loudly to God. Loudly I plead with God for mercy. I spill out all my complaints before him and spell out my troubles in detail. As I sink in despair, my spirit ebbing away. You know how I'm feeling. Know the danger I'm in the traps hidden in my path. Look right, look left. There's not a soul who cares what happens. I'm up against it with no exit. Bereft, left alone. I cry out, God, cry out. You're my last chance, my only hope for life. Oh, listen, please listen. I've never been this low. Rescue me from those who are hunting me down. I'm no match for them. Get me out of this dungeon so I can thank you in public. Your people will form a circle around me and you'll bring me showers a blessing. In verse number four, David says, look right, look left. There's not a soul who cares what happens. I'm using for my subject today, who cares? Who cares? Father, I just pray today as we endeavor to minister the word of the Lord today. God, I ask for your incredible anointing, Lord, to be upon us and to transform us today into the very oracle or mouthpiece or spokesperson for God today. God, I believe that this will go beyond some prepared sermon today, but I believe that there is a message that must go to the heart of your people today. And God, may we, may we respond to this message today. Holy Spirit, would you do what I am unable to do? In Jesus' name we ask. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Have you ever thought to yourself, does anyone really care anymore? Several years ago, there was a, an old country and western song, and, the, and some of the words of that song was, here's a quarter, call someone who cares. In Psalm 142, David is in a cave. He is on the run. He is hiding from King Saul. And David says here, he says, I, I'm on the very bottom emotionally. He says, I have never felt this way before. 
He says in this passage, he says, I feel isolated and alone. He says, I'm depressed and I'm lonely. He said, I look to my right and he said, I look to my left. And he says, there's not a soul who gives a rip about me. Not one single person cares even a little about what is happening to me. Ever been there? Ever been there? Now, whether it's true or not, we have all felt this way at some point in our life that nobody cared about us. My subject today is a question, and the question this morning is, who cares? Does anyone care? And the answer to this question is yes. 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 He cares. God cares about us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe upon him would not have to perish but would have everlasting life. Oh, when John penned these words, oh, the words of Jesus, oh, oh but when John penned these words, he, he was so overwhelmed with the love of God that he didn't just say that God loved the world, but he said God so loved the world. Romans 5 and 8 says that God showed his great love for us. God didn't just look over the balcony of heaven at mankind and say, hey, I love you guys down there. Good luck. But Paul writes in Romans 5 and 8, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says that God is not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. God cares about us. He cares about our salvation. He knew that there was absolutely nothing that we could do to save ourselves. And so God sent Jesus to the cross to do for us what we can never ever do for ourselves. I will never tire of saying that. On the cross, God placed all of our imperfections on his perfect son. On the cross, God placed all of our sins on the only sinless one. It was at the cross where God proved to us how much he cares for us. I've told this before, but there's many people that haven't heard it. You're new. When my kids were growing up, when they were just little, wow, we had so much fun with our kids. We enjoyed our children. And sometimes I was a little ornery with them. 
I would teach them certain things. And if you're watching Facebook, you'll see my son-in-law's doing some of the stuff I did when I was a new father, doing it with Eliana, my youngest granddaughter, teaching her things. Some things she probably shouldn't be taught. But it's fun. And I would get my kids alone and I would teach them and then I would bring them before people and I would have them put on this show of what daddy had taught them. I would say whether it was Chad or Krista, whichever it was at the time, I would say, I would say, how much do you love your grandma? And they'd, they're just little toddlers and they put their hands away out here. How much do you love your grandpa? I would say, how much do you love your daddy? How much do you love your mama? That was a lot of fun. One day I had a grandchild. One day I... Come in the house and we are keeping Briley at the time. And my wife says, honey, come here. (laughs) And I come in the living room where my wife and our granddaughter, our first grandchild, Briley is. And my wife says, honey, Briley has something she wants to show you. (laughs) Briley, how much? How much do you, you know, do you love your mama? How much do you love your daddy? How much do you love your, your grandma? How much do you love your papa? Oh, paybacks are tough. The world said to Jesus, Jesus, how much do you love us? And Jesus stretched out his hands on the cross. And Jesus said, I love you this much. At the cross, Jesus said to us, and he said it without uttering a word. Jesus said, I'd rather die than live. Without you. Dare you ask the question who cares in light of what Jesus did for you on the cross? How dare we say who cares? He cares. He cares about your salvation, He cares about your situation. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says to cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, Jesus says, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or Your body, what you're going to put on it, or do you not understand that life is more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus said, just look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? 
And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow was thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry saying what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. And do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I don't know what your situation is today. It could be good. Or it could be bad. If your situation is good right now, God wants to share the good times with you. If your situation is bad right now, God wants to share the bad times with you as well. You see, it all boils down to this. God is interested in a relationship with you. Because he is your heavenly father. Now, 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 depending on the experience that you had or have with your earthly father, that will determine to a great degree whether you see this as a good thing or a bad thing. If your earthly father was abusive, if you had an absentee father, if your earthly father was harsh, People who experience one of these types of fathers have a, have a hard time thinking of God as their heavenly father. What do we do then? Well, if that's you this morning, let me encourage you to visualize the father that you always wanted. The father you always dreamed about. I'm telling you that, that God wants to be that kind of father to you. And as that kind of father, he cares about you today. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to be involved in whatever it is that you are involved in. I never cared a thing about gymnastics until my daughter came along and loved gymnastics. I never cared about cheerleading. Not counting my crush on a couple of cheerleaders when I was a teenager. But as an adult, I, I didn't think twice about cheerleading. I didn't think, wow, let's go to the high school football game and watch the cheerleaders cheer tonight. I was only interested in the game that was being played. I was oblivious. Didn't even know there were cheerleaders there. Sure, I knew, but I didn't think about it. That is, until my daughter became a cheerleader. And then all of a sudden, I was, I was looking at a certain cheerleader as much as I was the game being played. Why? I cared about what my daughter 
cared about. I'm telling you that God is your heavenly father. And he cares about whatever it is that you care about. If it's important to us, it's important to him. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your need according unto his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How much of our need will he supply? Well, this tells me that God cares about all of our needs. He cares about every situation. Oh, listen, friend, do you have a financial need, a physical need, an emotional need, a spiritual need? Who cares? He cares. He cares about our salvation. He cares about our situation. My question today is, who cares? He cares. And we care. We care. David ended his little rant and little pity party by saying in verse 7, your people will form a circle around me. When I read that, I thought, woohoo! That's exactly what we're trying to do at New Bethel. David talks about all of this stuff, and then he says, Your people will form a circle around me. My very first missions trip. Oh, you would think you'd do something easy. (laughs) My very first missions trip was a three-week marathon. Pakistan, Indonesia, the Philippines. I didn't tell my wife. But at the time I went, Pakistan was the number two most dangerous place in the world for an American to be. The hotel where I stayed a week before I got there, five Americans were murdered on the front steps of the hotel. And I'm getting my feet wet in Pakistan. There's three of us. It's myself, Doug Eccles, a man by the name of Tony Weston, another pastor. The man running the crusade said, it's very dangerous. You are not to leave the hotel for any reason. We did. But when it was time for the crusade, They would come in a couple of vans, pull up underneath the drive-thru of the hotel. Somebody would come up to our room and get us, two or three guys, bring us down. And they would walk us out under the drive-thru. They would have a big circle of people. And they would walk us, three preachers, into the middle of the circle. And we would move when they moved. And we're inside the circle. They're our protection. And they would take us inside this circle to the van, open the van, 
put us in the van, take us to the crusade, take us a different route every single night so nobody would, I mean, they were, it's high-powered stuff here. We get there, two or three vans pull up, big circle of people, open the door, we'd step into the circle. They'd take us by the circle up onto the platform for ministry. I never could figure out then, you know, I'm an open target now. (laughs) David said, your people will form a circle around me. Who cares? We care. And the circle that we have drawn around our people at New Bethel is called the Care Ministry Network. The Care Ministry, simply put, is organized caring. Or caring on purpose. Caring people. Caring for people. I want to take a few minutes this morning to explain the care ministry. We've taken all of the families in this church who come to church on a regular basis. And we have broken these families down into groups of five to eight families. And we've taken each set of groups of five to eight families and we place a care minister over them. And this care minister is a lay person in this church who has received extensive training in the care ministry. And the job is simply to care for the five to eight families that are in their care group. It is our goal and desire, say goal and desire, It is our goal and desire to have every single family in this church in a care group with a care minister over them. That is our goal and our desire. At present, we have about 85 to 90% of our families in care groups under a care minister. And to be totally honest with you, some of these groups are working better than others. Some are thriving and some are struggling. Some care ministers are are hitting home runs. They're hitting the ball out of the park. And some are hitting singles and doubles. And I have in my notes that one or two are striking out, but maybe they just maybe it's just 0 and 2, maybe. Three strikes, you know. This past Wednesday night, I saw the care ministry in action at its best. One of our members had a bad automobile accident on the way home from church. Our assistant care ministry directors were on the scene of the accident just moments after it happened. I was there, Pastor Steve was there. At the hospital, not only was I there, not only was Pastor Steve there, but the assistant care ministry directors were there. 
the family that was involved in the accident, their care ministers came. Other care ministers came. And this individual there, individual care ministers said to me, Pastor, we promise to take good care of his family. We will provide meals. We will provide whatever they need. Wow! Awesome! Caring people. Caring for people. If you're currently a care minister, let me challenge you today. Do your job. Do your job. Make those personal house visits. Make those Sunday connections. Let God use you to make a difference in the life, lives of our people. And see this ministry as an incredible opportunity to minister, not as some type of burden to bear. Fact is, if you see it as a burden to bear, just don't even get involved. Because you'll become the burden for others to bear. It's the truth. I just speak truth. If you're a regular attender of this church and somebody calls you and tells you that, that they are your care minister, please know their job is not to replace me. You're my care minister. No, pastor is. Their, their job's not to replace me. I'm irreplaceable. And humble. No, no, I'm teasing, but no, they're not. It's not their job to replace me. Their job is to represent me. See, when the representative goes to the meeting, House of Representatives, their job is not to go replace you. Their their job is to represent you, to speak for you. So that care minister, they're not replacing me. They're representing me. And you need to understand that. Well, pastor doesn't love us anymore. I'm doing it because I love you. I'm doing it because I care. I'm doing it because I want you better cared for. So, so your care minister, they're not replacing me. They're representing me. And their job is not to chastise you. Their job is to care for you. And their job is not to counsel you. Just to care for you. You see, we have somewhere between 450 and 500 people who call this their church home. I can't give personal attention to 500 people on a regular basis. There's not enough of me to go around. Now, I can give crisis care to 500 people. Whoever has the latest crisis gets my undivided attention and I will never stop giving crisis care. But with 500 people, that's all I have time for is crisis 
I need help in giving ongoing personal care to every person who attends this church on a regular basis. And this is why we are developing, say developing, the care ministry. So that everyone has a care minister and so that everyone will receive regular, ongoing, personal care. Not just care in crisis. And this ministry is still in its infancy. It is still a work in progress. And yet I already have two needs. It's in its infancy. It's just barely getting started. And I already have two needs. Number one, I I need for some of you who are already recognized and trained care ministers, I need you to step it up a little and do a better job. Quiet in this first church of the frigid air. Somebody say amen. Amen. Number two, I need some more people to volunteer to be trained and equipped and then commissioned as care ministers. Because you see, we have several families right now who do not have a care minister because we don't have enough care ministers to cover everybody right now. If you are a regular attender of this church and you think that that you might be interested in becoming a care minister or at least you are interested in knowing more about the care ministry, there's going to be a special meeting tonight here at the church in the fellowship hall from 6 to 8. And you're invited. All current care ministers are strongly urged to be present tonight. Please, you are urged and expected to be here. But anybody interested in this ministry who is not currently involved in this ministry, you also are invited to the meeting as well. In fact, if you think you might be interested in coming tonight, uh, Ricky and Patty, would you stand? This is our care ministers, uh, directors. Uh, Brother Mark, would you stand? This is our assistant care director, and Sandy's sick today, I think, but... These are our directors and assistant directors. If you think you're not currently uh, involved in the care ministry, you think you might just at least be interested in them, see them, talk to them, and let them know you're going to come out tonight and see what's going on. Thanks, guys. Amen. A light meal is going to be provided. Let me hurry this morning. Let me give you the job description of a care minister. And the job description can best be described with an acrostic of the word care, C-A-R-E. I'm going to have to do this real quickly this morning. A care minister, this is a description of a care minister. For the letter C in the word care, a care minister will will contact each family in their care group. A care minister is going to have five to eight families put under them that they're going to care for. And the way they care for them, first of all, they just make a contact of all those five to eight families that have been placed in their care. And there are five points of contact or five ways that you will be asked to make contact with your assigned group. And the first point of contact is a home visit. We ask our care ministers to make a home visit to those five to eight families that are in their care group. If possible, get a home, have a home group of home visit. And there you can get acquainted. There you can explain the care ministry. Now, you say, well, I don't know if I want anybody in my home or not. Yeah, they're going to stay all night, and i got things to do, and my favorite program's on that night, and like, uh. <laughs> Hey, the home visit should not exceed 45 minutes in length. So it's in the manual. 
30 to 45 minutes, no more than 45 minutes. Even if they beg you to stay, you need to get out of there. Better for them to want you to stay than to wish you'd leave. So your home visit, don't worry about it. They're only going to be there no later than 45 minutes. And if they stay longer, you just time them and you say, Pastor said you're out of my house 45 minutes. Get out of here. So the first point of contact is a home visit. The second one is what's called the Sunday connection. Very, very important. A care minister will make some type of connection with the people in his or her care group every Sunday morning. Now, it could be that you walk up and shake their hand. could just be that you see them clear across the congregation. You just wave at them. I mean, just let the, you just have eye contact with them. Just let them know that you know that they're there. That's all it is. You, if you get to shake their hand, that's great. If you get to high-five them, that's great, or hug or whatever, that, that's great. But, but all, just make sure that, that they know that you know that they were there. Whether it's a high-five, a handshake, a, a, a wave across the congregation, uh, eye contact, whatever, whatever that. It is. Now, if somebody is missing out of your care group, then your job as a care minister is to call that family within 24 hours and just let them know that you missed them at church. This is not an interrogation call. Where were you at? (laughs) Dear folks, no. Hey, I didn't see you. Were you I didn't see you Sunday. Were you, were you there? I didn't, I, just, I didn't see you. No, you know. And then let them volunteer the information. You know, if they don't volunteer the information, you might just say, is everything okay? That's simple as that. That's it. Just let them, oh, it's caring. It's just letting people know, you know what, I noticed you weren't at church. Well, if the pastor, well, pastor gets, call, gets paid to call. I have to remind my staff every once in a while, guys, don't, don't fuss about working hard on Sunday. You get paid to go to church. Okay? We don't pay our care ministers. So to get a call from somebody that's not, that they're not a professional getting paid, what does it say? It says we care about you. Amen? The third one is a monthly contact. Once a month, the care minister will make a personal contact with each of his or her care ministry, uh, care group members personal touch that will help build a relationship with that person. See, see, once a month, if, if the care ministry works the way it's supposed to, once a month, each regular attender of our church should experience a personal touch from somebody in this church. Wow! Who cares? We care! The fourth point of contact is, is to recognize special days. Birthdays, anniversaries, graduation, birth of a baby. When somebody in your care group has one of these special days or some other special day, the care minister should send a card or make a phone call or or in some way help this person celebrate their special day. And anything that says we care about you is appropriate. And the fifth point of contact is what is called the Fifth Sunday Fellowship. Every uh, three months, there's five Sundays in a month. And, and four times a year, uh, care groups should get together to share a meal and a time of fellowship. 
It could take place in a home. It could take place in a restaurant. It could take place in a park. It could take place in the church fellowship hall if it's available. These are the five points of contact that a care minister should make with their care group. See, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to serve as a care minister. All you have to do is care for people. All you have to do is love people. All you have to do is have a heart for people. You don't have to solve people's problems. That's not your job. I'm not asking you to solve people's problems. Just offer them a shoulder to cry on. And if a problem does come up, small problem you're able to solve, that's okay, but if the problem is serious, you need to inform your care ministry director or care ministry assistant director. There's a major problem going on in this family. Pass it on to them. And they will either take care of it, or if they feel necessary, then they'll come and talk to me and pass it on to me. You see, care ministers are our eyes and our ears. They inform us of crisis. And then when we discover a crisis, then we go into crisis care mode. We're making an acrostic with the, with the word care to describe a care minister. Quickly this morning for the letter A. A care minister, availability to those in your care group. That's your job, Availability. Be available to those in your care group. See, care ministers come a little bit early for church and they stay a little bit after church is over. They make themselves available to their care group. They watch at the altar. And if somebody in their care group is at the altar, they go minister to them. They just make themselves available to their care group. And they do what they can for their group. And I've already said it, but when the need is beyond their ability or it is beyond their responsibility, then they inform the care ministry director or assistant director and they in turn will inform me. For the letter R, care minister will remember to pray for each member of their care group on a regular basis. Wow. That means... That every regular attender of this church gets prayed for by name on a regular basis. For the letter E, a care minister will be an example in daily living. Because you see, you'll have no influence in the lives of the people in your care group unless you provide them with a good example in your daily life. Living. Going to have to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 says to be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in faith, and in purity. Who cares? We care. We care. We care enough to put in place the care ministry network, organized caring, caring on purpose. If you're already a care minister, please come out tonight between 6 and 8 in the fellowship hall for further training and tweaking of this ministry. If you're interested in becoming a care minister or you just want to know a little bit more about it, please come out tonight between 6 and 8 in the fellowship hall and learn a little bit more about it. 
We're going to close today. Come on, Pat. We're going to close today with a short testimony from one of our current care ministers. We get the musicians and singers back in place real quickly this morning, please. Going to close today with a short testimony from one of our current care ministers. This is Pat McCarthy, and she is one of our care ministers. She works with her sister alongside her, Linda Showalter, who's on a cruise today. She left you here, abandoned you today. Well, you're the oldest, so you have to carry it. You know, you've done that all your life, haven't you? Everybody say, aww. Well, what a sermon. How many of you appreciate our pastor? I appreciate him more every day. Um, I was thinking uh, a month ago, um, my husband was in the hospital just on a Wednesday night. He got real sick, and we had to rush him to the hospital. And guess who was the first one there the next morning? Because it was late Wednesday night when he went in. Pastor was there at 8 o'clock in the morning. I appreciate that so much. And we got more calls, more visits, and we knew that we were cared for. And that was the receiving part of it. But I like to give. I like to give. (laughs) I'm a giver. And we have the best group. I love them so much. And I just thank God every day for them. I pray for them every night that God will meet every need that they have. And Linda and I have told them, call us at any time, whatever the need is. We don't care what it is, we'll be there. And we went Friday with a a couple from our church. And I had such a burden. Linda and I sat there and prayed during the whole time. And there are so many needs in our church. And I do care about you. I do love you. Uh, I just wanted to say real quick that my cousin lost his wife. It's been a couple months ago. And he told me he did not receive one card, one phone call, one visit from anybody from his church. And I had to tell him, oh, he, he did say the pastor came. Thank God for pastors who try to do it all. But I know they need help. And like he said, they take care of the crisis part. But we can, take, we can do what we can do. And anyway, I told him that we had this, we had just started this care ministry. And he said, oh, I wish our church had that. So it's so important, and I thank God that we have a pastor who cares enough to start this ministry. And anybody who loves people needs to get involved. Thank you, Pastor. Stand with me, everyone, please.